It's been almost two decades since we started our journey to educate and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future. Our goal is to help you accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you to set your financial goals and guide you along the way. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. We are all about managing your financial future. I guess having fun, too. That's part of it. Uh, Discussing financial topics and strategies that we believe are important to you. And I think they are important. I'm Johnny Dean. I am a moderator of this particular podcast, not at all in an uh, advisory role with Lucia Capital Group. But I am the content creator and content uh, director, creative content director, which means that I get to spend a whole lot of time talking with the chief financial planning officer of Lucia Capital Group, Professor Rick Plum, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Rick, you are actually the advisor in our little group here between the two of us, and uh, you not only discuss strategy, but do you also from time to time help to devise strategies for retirement, you know, whenever the opportunity comes up? Well, financial planning has a lot of areas of you know concern. Uh, they don't all deal with picking a specific security or stock. It has a lot to do with taxes and options of how do you go about creating an effective retirement given the the resources that are available to you. Not everybody has the same resources. People have different uh, um, things available to them, and so we have to find ways to make what you have work for you. Yeah. So so one of the things that you is, is one of the first things that you you talk to people about is their goals. That's generally how that works or how does it work? Well, yeah, one of the you're either going to start talking about goals first, like, OK, you want to retire at such and such an age. Yeah. How much how much are you going to need to spend? I mean, it's it's hard to tell somebody that they can or cannot retire if you have no idea. Uh, how much they're going to need to spend overall. Now, once they've come up with an idea of how much they might need to spend, and this may be the first or second thing you do, uh, you also have to look at, well, what incomes are you going to have in retirement other than taking money out of your savings, your investment portfolio, your 401ks, your IRAs? Are you going to have, we have to make decisions on social security. uh, So we have to make decisions. When are you going to take that? 62, 70, somewhere in between. Um, are you going to try to you know, maximize the survivor benefit? How do we go about making sure all that works for you from the Social Security standpoint? But well, we need to get an idea of how much and when we can count on mm-hmm. that Social Security. The next issue is, are you going to have any pensions? Now, if you don't have Social Security, likely you have a pension. Um, but a lot of people uh, have pensions and Social Security. So they have this nice foundation of income coming in. But there are decisions to make. Yes. And you're looking at when to and, take if a, a pension and how to take the pension. Right. And and that's what I want to get into with you today. When it comes to pensions, you know, there there are still a number of people who 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 have them, believe it or not. Not as many as we had say 50, 60 years ago, but still a good number of people. What where do we find what occupations, what lines of work <laughs> do you generally find people with pensions? I'm guessing maybe teachers, uh, uh teachers, county workers, uh, municipal workers, uh first responders, law enforcement firefighters, uh, pretty much, you know, you're looking for government employees, but there's still several out there, especially the bigger, older companies, uh, corporations, you know, they still have um, pensions available to them as well, Uh, especially if you're a longer term employee looking and people are looking to retire now have been around for a little while. Uh, Some uh, some of those bigger corporations that did have pensions have changed their 
format for retirement planning for younger, newer hires. Uh, but the older uh, hires, the older, longer employees still have potentials for pensions. And so you know, how the pension works, I mean, you're looking at at some point in the future, you have a certain amount of money that they, the pension, the, the pension trust is going to tell you that you can have for the rest of your life. But there are decisions. First off, when do you retire? Do you retire early? Do you retire later? Are you going to take it based on your lifetime only? Or if you're married, are you going to provide a benefit for your spouse or in some cases for an, un, another party if, you're, if you don't live that long, if, if maybe they outlive you? Um, and so how do you go about setting up and know when to take the pension, how much of a pension to take as far as, you know, whether you take a survivor option, don't take a survivor option. I mean, there are rules too. Oh yeah. The, the, if, you are, if you are married and you are being offered a pension at retirement, you have to take at least a 50% joint and survivor pension option. That means that at least 50% of the pension you take will continue for your spouse if you die before they do. The only way to get away from that option is to have your spouse sign off that they agree to not take that. Now, what that does is it lets you have a little bit more money during your lifetime. How much more do you generally get? If, if I don't have to share it with my spouse and then my spouse, as you just said, signs off and says, that's OK. I don't need to continue this for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> if, if I were going to get, you know, let's just say, for example, a thousand a month between my wife and me. If my wife says, well, I don't I don't need it. Sign off. Take the higher payment. How much generally would they would I get? How much more? Well, it, it, there's several factors in play here. Uh, sometimes they're somewhat subsidized by the company so that they benefit one or the other. Um, it also depends on the spouse's age. Are you 65 and your spouse 35? Well, that difference is going to be quite a big difference You know, when you look at that spousal benefit because that spousal benefit is going to be paid out for a long time. Are you 65 and your spouse is 85? And therefore, the odds of the pension having to pay a spousal benefit is almost you know, nil. Um, and so there might not be much of a discount at all for that survivor option. Uh, so it really depends on how they go about creating and, you know, and calculating those issues. Um, and it's, it does matter. And so that's the first thing we have to find out is, OK, and when you when you talk to your HR department, you say, OK, they tell you that you're going to have a pension when you retire. Your pension is based on a certain formula. Your formula may be uh, a percentage of your salary times the number of years of service you have. It may be a flat dollar amount times the number of years of service you have. Um, and, and what they're doing, though, is they're telling you what your life-only pension is going to be. So maybe you're looking at it and saying, you know what? When I retire, I'm going to get $2,000 a month. And you do all your planning based on $2,000 a month. And you get out to retirement and they say, oh, by the way, you have to take a spousal offering. Uh, joint and survivor option because you're married. And so you're only going to get 1800 or something like that. And you say, wait a minute, I was expecting 2000. Well, if you want 2000, it's for your life only. Well, I need something for my wife or my spouse if I die first. Okay, then you got to take the 1800 or some other number. Now, the, the, there's more than one option for the spouse as well. The 50% option is something mandated by law or more. And but it could be uh, 75% going to the spouse, 100% going to the spouse, uh, two thirds going to the spouse. Different pensions offer different spousal benefits. They also offer 
so there's a to a ten year certains, life with certain. There's a whole language around the options that are out there. There's pop-up options on some pensions. There's levelizing options on some op pensions. All of these come into play when trying to determine which way you're going to accept and start taking your pension because once you start taking it, they're irrevocable. So, so you have to when you're making these decisions, they're they're important, I suppose, is what you're saying. Oh, and, very. And you need to know before you get to retirement so that you're not surprised by the fact that oh, I'm not going to get two grand. I'm only going to get seventeen fifty, eighteen hundred. You know, two hundred dollars a month. You know. It starts to add up after a while. Well, yeah. So, so my decision is, I, I I can take a greater income now, but my spouse will not be provided for by the pension in certain instances. If I take my life only option, that is, and and my spouse signs off on it, that is true. Uh, or I can take a cut and pay now, as opposed for the rest of our to, joint lives, and then so let, that if uh, I die before my spouse. My spouse has an income of some amount of money for the rest of my life. Well, this sounds like, as you said, a very important decision. Oh, it's very important, yes. <laughs> now, so there's no way, are you telling me, is there any way at all that people can have <laughs> both the higher payment and maybe provide a continuous income to their spouse should they happen to die before uh, you know, before well, sure, there's, there's options and it, the options are there for a reason. And if you plan for it far enough in advance, you have a lot of flexibility. If you wait until you get to retirement and then are forced to make a decision at that time, you have less flexibility. There are ways to look at it though. So one of the things that if you are healthy, you can do is you can take a look at how much of a discount am I taking on my life only pension to be able to offer that pension to my spouse. Basically, you are going to be paying a premium in the fact that you're getting less income every month to make sure that there is something available to your spouse when you're di when you're dead, to make sure there's some form of de death benefit for your spouse. Um, how much of a death benefit it is depends on how long your spouse is going to live after you, after you pass. It also depends on whether you pass before your spouse passes. And so basically by taking the pension option, you're kind of buying a life insurance policy that you don't know the def the definite value of. So what you can look at is, okay, I know I'm going to, it's going to cost me this much. How much do I really have to provide for my spouse? And so you can put, you can do some math and put a number that if they were going to get a thousand dollars a month, on the joint and survivor option, and it was going to cost you $300 a month to give that to that person because you were going to take a $300 a month discount in your own pension, then can you buy life insurance for a, a large enough death benefit so that if you died the month after you retired, the death benefit would be large enough to be able to pay out that $1,000 a month for the rest of your spouse's life? And can you do that for 300 a month or so? So let me make this, uh, let, let me just make sure we understand all this here. Uh, if I were going to take 1000 a month, just to pick a number, uh, life only, or if I wanted the lifetime, or, I'm sorry, the, the, in, the income to continue after I'm gone, assuming my wife would pass away before, uh, after me, uh, I would take a $300 a month cut now. Well, that was, I was thinking more like a $2,000 pension and a $1,000 survivor benefit. Okay, well, whatever numbers you want to use. So, so that is is I'm almost looking at that as some kind of an insurance policy, or am I wrong? Right, it is. You're buying insurance. You are insuring 
you are taking a lower payment for your for the rest of your life to ensure that if you die before your spouse, your spouse gets a benefit for the rest of their life. And we know what those numbers are. We just don't know how long they're going to last because we don't know when you're going to die. We don't know when your spouse is going to die. We don't know how long the monthly payment is going to continue, but we can make some assumptions. We know what the cost is going to be. You have to reduce your life only pension by X amount of dollars to make sure that your spouse has a certain amount of money and it's specified by the pension going for the rest of their life. So can you, it, it's, so like I'm saying is you're paying upfront for it by not receiving a pension to make sure that you have a death benefit for your spouse. Why not control it a little bit more if you're healthy and see if you work. Now this works a lot better if you start planning for this well ahead of when you retire rather than doing it at retirement for several reasons. One, you have a longer funding period for the life insurance. That makes it cheaper. Two, you're starting at a younger age for life insurance. That makes it cheaper. And so it makes it more affordable. And in some cases, you can fund a lot of the need in the years leading up to retirement so that, and generally those are your highest discretionary earning years, so that when you get to retirement, you can reduce the amount of payment that you're taking. So maybe you can take that higher payment and have some of left over to spend on yourself while you're both still alive. Yeah. So planning ahead of time makes sense, but it can still happen when you retire. It's just not as easy because we're older and we need the money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying I could take the higher payment and then buy this life insurance policy if the numbers add up. And then if the numbers work out in your favor. When I'm gone, now, the life. Some cases it works out very well. Some cases it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the poorer your health, the more expensive the insurance. Where they don't even take that into consideration on the pension side. What kind of life insurance policy are we talking about here? I mean, if I bought a ten year policy, it would be over in ten years. We don't know how long my spouse is going to live or how how long now, I. This would is live. not a term insurance need. Term insurance is not designed to last for the rest of your life. This insurance needs to last for the rest of your life. And the type of insurance that you would use depends on when you buy it. If you're doing it at retirement, where cash flow now is a key consideration, you would probably probably be looking at a guaranteed universal life, which is kind of like a long-term term that lasts for the rest of your life. You're not building cash value, you're just trying to buy the death benefit for as, as little as possible. Uh, it's not going to be as cheap as term, but it's not going to be as expensive as a cash value policy either. But it'll last until you, and you can tailor how long it lasts. You can make it last till 95, 100, 105, 120. Uh, so most people are going to pass before they get to 120. Now, on the other side, if I'm 45, I know I'm going to work for this company until I'm 65. I know I'm going to have this pension. I know I'm going to have this decision to make when I get out to retirement. I may want to use a cash value, a growth policy, so that I can try to build the cash value as much as possible by the time I retire, so that the policy can help itself. And maybe I won't have to pay as much for the policy when I retire. Build up that cash value so the death benefit stays in place, even though I don't make much, if anything, in payments after I retire. So how you go about setting this up, when you go about setting it up, will help dictate whether you use a variable life, an index universal life, a whole life, in the early years, trying to fund it and have it in place so that when I retire, I can take the life option and not have to pay much in the way of premiums going forward, versus if I wait until I'm retired to make the decision, and now cash flow is the main concern because I don't have that discretionary money while I'm working to fund it. So it depends on how you Man. set your plan up. 
Uh, like everything else. Well, there are a lot of unknowns. Obviously, of course, you don't know how long either you or your spouse will live. Well, and the good news, good news, it's not going to be good news. The benefit of the insurance option when you get to that side of it, you don't know how long you're going to live. You've covered the issue that you don't live a long time, but your spouse does because you've left the insurance in place. They've got the money. They can still do what they need to do. But what happens if your spouse dies before you do? If you've taken the, the joint survivor option in most cases, that joint survivor option, the reduction you've taken in your pension lasts for the rest of your life, whether your spouse lasts for the rest of your life or not. So that, that kind of stinks because now you're paying for something that you're not going to get because your spouse is no longer there. Uh, on the other side, if you both happen to pass away at the same time or very close to the same time, the pension stops regardless of which option you took. And whereas if you had the life insurance, there's money that you, you get something for what you paid. You've been paying into the premiums, the death benefit kick, you know, pays off when you die. And they're not asking, well, is the spouse still alive or is this going to the kids? It could go, there's death benefit there for the money you paid. Now, that's part of the benefits of what they call this pension maximization strategy. But again, it has to work in your favor to start with before you can even look at those types of benefits. So you would have to run over the numbers with somebody who wanted to do you this? Look up what is, what's it going to cost? I mean, if my discount in my pension is 200 bucks, but it's going to cost me $500 a month for the insurance, that's not exactly very efficient. But if I can do it for around the same cost, maybe less, then that may work out very well. Not only do I provide for my spouse through the death benefit, but if we both get killed in a car accident, well, the money I spent to provide for my spouse wasn't wasted because my heirs get the, the death benefit then. Um, and on the other side, if unfortunately something happens to my spouse first, I can either discontinue the insurance and therefore go back to the higher income. I don't have the expense anymore. Or maybe I can make a decision that I really want to keep that insurance for my heirs and keep paying it. I've got options and I've got flexibility, which in this case is going to always benefit you. Yeah, it seems like retirement planning is full of choices. Right. It is. Is that is that accurate to say? I mean, not just with pensions, but with almost everything. You mentioned Social Security is one of the things at, at, at the top of the the broadcast That's here. A, when to take it, uh, the, the, how you take it, spousal benefits. I mean, if you've ever been married before for at least ten years, if you were a widow or widower, do you take the you know that benefit first and turn yours on later? Do you turn yours on first? Do you turn the, the widow's benefit on later? Um, I'm working with a couple of people right now where. One of them, they're both widows. Uh, they both had a, a difference in age of a, you know, quite a few years, unfortunately. Um, one of them is going to take their benefit first at 62 and then turn on the, the widow's benefit at 67. And the other one is going to take the survivor benefit at 60 and then turn their own on at age 70. And it has to do with how large are the benefits. One, the, so the widow's benefit was much larger than their own. On the other one, theirs was larger than the widow's benefit. <laughs> it matters. It takes understanding of how to do this. Well, yes, and it goes back to what you've said for a long time. If somebody comes to you and says, when should I take my Social Security? Or at the same time, when, what kind of a pension option should I take? Your two-word answer is... It depends. There you go. And I guess you just <laughs> delve into it right at that point. Uh, great information here. What's the name of this uh, strategy again, Professor Plum? Uh, it's commonly referred to as pension maximization. Um, it's a marketing term. It came up probably by the insurance industry. But it's the idea of taking the life-only option, which is a higher monthly benefit to the retiree, and using a life insurance policy to provide for 
the death benefit necessary to provide for the surviving spouse. So if you have, a, like I said, sometimes it works very well, sometimes it doesn't. So if you have a pension, it's uh, probably a good idea to. Uh, if you're going to have a pension, and and you, you know about it, uh, it's time to start planning for it. Probably at least ten years before you actually get to retirement. Great advice from Professor Rick Plum, Chief Financial Planning Officer of Lucia Capital Group. I have fun. You know, I'm the moderator. I get to ask you these questions, Professor Plum, but it's always fun to learn things from you. And I hope the people who have been listening to this podcast for, oh, these many months that we've been doing this now, uh, learn something every single time they tune in. If you would like some more information, Professor Plum, uh, they can reach you or any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors, 800-644-1150. You can talk about things like pension maximization. You can talk about things like Social Security decisions, when to take those. You can talk about just about anything uh, related to financial planning and related to retirement. Because as Professor Plum just said, uh, hey, this stuff is important. And I learn more about this every day just by hanging out with you, my man. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Don't charge me. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're out of time here. Uh, Next time, we we do want to cover some more Social Security topics, so we may do that uh, in the next round or two. But anyway, uh, until that time, talk to Professor Plum. You can also email him or go to our website, luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P, luciacap.com. And, of course, be sure to tune into this podcast every single week. Out of time for Professor Rick Plum, Certified Financial Planner Professional. I'm Johnny Dean. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by LCG, will either be suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LCG or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Investment products described herein may not be offered for sale in any state or jurisdiction in which such an offer, solicitation, or sale would be unlawful or prohibited by the specific offering documentation. IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates. Withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10% penalty tax. The information provided is based on current laws, which are subject to change at any time. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Social security rules can be complex. For more information about social security benefits, visit the SSA website at ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not
not guaranteed and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Insurance product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company and are subject to their terms and conditions. Insurance products offered through Lucia Insurance Services, LLC, LIS, California Insurance License Number 0H40817. LIS is licensed to offer such insurance products as life, disability, long-term care, and annuities. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.